yes, the series is called My Ways. Everyone say My Ways. Or the highways. Just kidding. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, Isaiah, yes, yes, John, it changed your life. <laughs> God told you the truth. So Isaiah 55, you want to pull it up there, Rich? Isaiah 55, 6 through 9 says, da, 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 Isaiah 55, seek the Lord. Everyone say, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is. I want to hear you guys say this so I know that you're paying attention. While he is. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my my thoughts higher than your thoughts. This is God talking to the nation of Israel. He's telling them, My ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours. Now, what do you guys think about that? Does that scare you? Does it comfort you? I know for me, it comforts me. I'm like, thank God his thoughts are not mine, because mine are garbage sometimes. (laughs) And if God's thoughts were my thoughts, we would all be in big trouble. (laughs) And if God's thoughts were yours, we'd all be in big trouble too. Have you guys ever thought something that's not right? That ain't so good. Some of you have been maybe thinking it right now. (laughs) Hopefully not. No, you're not done. (laughs) But for me, I know that this is a very comforting truth. To know that his way is not mine because his way is always good. His way is always right. That's what the Bible tells us. And if you don't understand it, that's just it. You don't understand it. You just don't understand the truth yet. You don't understand his way quite yet, maybe about a certain specific situation that you're in. Have you guys ever felt like God's a mystery? You're like, what are you even doing up there? (laughs) What are you doing? Are you even doing anything? Sometimes it feels that way. And there was a post that I put out today in regards to this, and it was a road, and it was going into fog. Sometimes that's what it feels like when we're following God. And feel like, God, I don't know what's up ahead. I don't know what's down the road. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you that you're good. I'm going to trust you that you're right. And your way is the right way. When I read this specific passage found in Isaiah, everyone say, John Kinzel. John Kinzel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're a little late, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. So when I read this specific example, founding Isaiah, of what God says to Israel, I can't help but think of the story of Jonah. Who here knows the story of Jonah? Raise your hand. Some of you don't. Well, you're going to hear about it tonight. 
Jonah, not Job. That's a different story. I mean, that's also another one that would be very fitting for this series, my ways and not understanding them. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? But the book of Jonah is a prime example of how God's ways are not ours. If you know the story of Jonah, you know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, I'll give you a little understanding of the story. Jonah was a prophet, and he was a prophet who was told by God, go to Nineveh and declare my destruction is coming on them because their wickedness has come up to me. He did run away, CJ. He did. So in the book of Jonah, as CJ wonderfully shared with you guys, <laughs> he gets swallowed by a fish. Specifically what happens, Jonah, he's like, it, it just starts off right off the bat, chapter one. God tells him, go to Nineveh, tell them I'm going to destroy them because they're terrible people. Very reminiscent of, some, of Sodom and Gomorrah, which was in the past. So, I mean, there's a good chance they probably heard about the story. So, Jonah's like, peace out, see ya. He goes the complete opposite direction. He tries to run as far away from where God is calling him to go as possible. Some of you have probably related to that. But it says that he decided to go to a place called Tarshish. Oh, it's a terrible sounding town. Why would anyone want to go there? <laughs> but he, he makes this plan. He's going to go as far away as possible. And to the people of the time, it was like the ends of the earth. It was the total opposite side of the Mediterranean Sea. And he's dead set on not doing what God tells him to do. And have you ever been there? <laughs> I know I've been there. <laughs> so he runs, and it doesn't work out for him. He gets swallowed. There's this huge, ferocious storm that happens. And it's sent there by God because he's not listening, because Jonah isn't. And this storm is rocking this ship, and Jonah's asleep. He's just like, I'm just going to ignore everything. I'm going to ignore my problems. I'm going to ignore what God's trying to do. But all the sailors wake him up and are like, are you not going to do something? Do whatever you can. Pray to your God. Ends up happening where Jonah confesses, yeah, this is all my fault. I'm not listening to God. I'm running from him, and he's throwing a storm because of my disobedience. And unfortunately, you're getting caught in the middle of it. So he, they're like, what should we do? So they hurl him, off of the, hurl him off the boat. He says, you throw me off the boat, you'll be good. Well, they care so much about him, way more than he does, that they try not to, but nothing works. They're like, fine, we'll listen to this guy. They hurl him off the boat, and things get better. Storm stops. But they don't get better for Jonah so much. He gets swallowed. Swallowed by a boat, or uh, not a boat, swallowed by a fish. Now, we don't know if it's actually a fish. Could have been a whale. Could have been a big sea serpent. We don't know exactly what it was. But it was some big sea creature. Giant fish, giant whale, giant something. All we know is Jonah gets swallowed. Can I get a drink of water? Can we give me a cup? Thank you. He gets swallowed by this thing, this fish, or whatever it was. And he's stuck in there for three days. 
And by the third day, he finally decides, well, maybe I should repent and pray. (laughs) You guys ever been there? He didn't pray for three days. It says that by the third day, he he ends up praying. So he, he prays while he's in there. And then fish spits him out onto dry land. Thankfully, on the other side, so he didn't have to walk all the way around the Mediterranean. (laughs) And God says to him again, go to Nineveh and do what I said. I know for myself, there's times I haven't listened to God. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Luke. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Mm. Oh, that's good. So, I have no idea what she said. That's okay. So, Jonah gets spat out, and God says, go to Nineveh, like I said. Here's your second chance to listen to me. How many of you are grateful for a second chance? I know I am. When they, when they happen. And that's really the grace of God that they happen, right? So, he does what God tells him to. He goes, and he says... Destruction is coming to all of you in, I think he said 40 days is what it was supposed to be. But here's the truth that Jonah would have known about. And this is part of the reason why he ends up actually getting upset in the end. Exodus 34, if you want to go there, Rich, I'm going to do New Living Translation for pretty much the rest of Scripture. Um, Exodus Chapter 34, verse 6, and I'll just read it here for you guys. It says, the Lord passed in front of Moses. All the way back to Exodus, when God speaks to Moses on the mountaintop. Moses is the guy who God gave the two tablets with the Ten Commandments on them. And this is what Moses was told by God after God passed in front of him and gave him the second, second time of the Ten Commandments. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. Everyone say compassion. Everyone say mercy. This is who Jonah would have known God to be. The God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. You could argue that Jonah being swallowed by this big fish instead of allowing something else to happen to him in the ocean, like him die, was God's compassion and mercy on him. It was God's slow anger and him being filled with unfailing love towards Jonah and his faithfulness to him, as well as to more than just him, but to the Ninevites who he was telling him to go talk to. So Jonah does what God tells him to. And then what ends up happening? The entire town of Nineveh says, and here's what's crazy about this. Jonah never told them to repent. He actually never does. In the story of Jonah, if you go read it, there's four chapters. The time that he talks to these people, and God doesn't even tell him, go tell Nineveh, I'm destroying them, or they repent. He never actually instructs Jonah to tell them that. He just says, go tell them, I'm going to destroy them. (laughs) Period. That's all he says. So he does. 
And the entire town of Nineveh, this is the big city, okay? It took him days to go around the entire town, the entire city, and declare this. I was looking up facts. There's a wall that was said to be around the entire city that was wide enough that was equal to a two-lane highway. That's how thick the wall was. There could be two chariots side by side on the top of the wall with room to spare. (laughs) That's how thick the wall was around the city. And cities that had thick walls were big cities. Small ones just didn't have them because they didn't have the budget for it. (laughs) I mean, that's the honest truth about it. (laughs) So, the Ninevites say, let's repent. The king himself declares a fast for the entire city, including animals. Like, no animals are eating either. (laughs) How many of you know when your dog or cat is wanting food, they make some noise? (laughs) Pippin does not shut up when he wants food. (laughs) That's our cat. But the entire city fasts and puts on sackcloth and ashes, which is a way of mourning what you've done and what you deserve to be is death. So they say, maybe if we do this, God will relent from his anger. So this is what ends up happening. Jonah goes to this cliffside on the outside of the city to watch fire rain down on the city. So starting in Jonah, chapter 3, in the last verse, verse 10, to chapter 4, the first three verses of chapter 4, I'll read it here. It says, When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind. Everyone say, God changed his mind. Think about that. God changed his mind. He changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. So starting verse 1 of chapter 4 through 3, it says, This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Everyone say, very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Have you guys ever complained about something to God that he did? (laughs) God, I'm not happy with you. Anyone? No? So he complained to the Lord about it. This is what Jonah says. Rich is working real hard up there. Just put Jonah 1 through 3, or chapter 4, 1 through 3 up there. Jonah chapter 4, 1 through 3. These are the, the three verses that start out chapter 4 here. So he says, didn't I say before I left home? No, we don't have this dialogue other than Jonah's recounting of it. Because we don't hear Jonah actually say anything when he leaves. But how many of you know you're capable of saying something to God in your heart without your mouth? <laughs> He says, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God. Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. (laughs) This is what I hear Jonah saying this as, like just this whiny baby. Just complaining. Because it says he complains about it, right? So it's not that he's like, 
God, you're merciful and compassionate, full of unfailing love. Like you'd probably hear in a song in the book of Psalms, right? Everyone's singing it in the nation of Israel. No, he's complaining these words. He's not happy about it. I knew that you were a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You were eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now. Lord, I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. This is dramatic. And I know some of you guys have had conversations like this because you're all teenagers. (laughs) I mean, I read this story and I'm like, gosh, this sounds like a teenager. Just kill me, God. This is the worst. You just didn't do what I want you to. In fact, you did what I expected you to. I mean, he's, he's the prophet. He had to be an actual full-grown man by this point. Well, they don't count them in a census and stuff until they're at least, uh, was it 20 or older, I think? In some sense of the word, yes, Luke, they were a man by 16, but they also weren't considered countable as a man unless they were 20 year old so either way Jonah is being a whiny baby here right now he's whining about God's goodness like it's literally what he's doing God you're just so good why (laughs) that's what it sounds like right he's just whining and complaining about how amazing God is The opposite character of this is what a God of another nation looks like. Gods that are just going to crush people, bring the hammer down on them without even, I mean, even if they did the right thing. There's some religions out there where if God's on a bad day, you're just not going to make it into heaven. You could do everything right your whole life. But if he just, meh, I just don't feel like it today, you're burning. That's what God would do in other religions. The nation of, I mean, the the religion of Islam is one of them that's like that. If God's got a bad day, he'll just crush you. But that's not the God that Jonah serves, and he knows it. And he gets upset that God doesn't bring down fire. (laughs) Because he feels like the nation of, the, the empire of Assyria, which is what Nineveh was the capital of, he felt like they deserved it. Have you ever been mad at God about something that he didn't do? He didn't do something that you wanted him to, more specifically, maybe you. He didn't punish somebody when you felt like he should. Maybe that's happened. Maybe you've been mad at your parents because <laughs> your siblings got away with stuff that you did. You're like, why didn't they get punished? I got punished. But here's the thing. God didn't punish the Ninevites yet. There's another point where he does because they didn't repent. But scripture tells us that God is slow to anger, abounding in love. He wants to not destroy people. That's his desire. And there's people in the world that would say otherwise for you. And they use the Old Testament, which is where the story of Jonah comes from, that God is just rageful. He just wants to crush people, 
hates people. He just enjoys watching them die. But that's not the truth. And you can bring the story of Jonah up to them and be like, well, that's not what I see. Go read Jonah. Different story. <laughs> Getting upset with people. But I have found myself getting upset with people that are getting away with stuff, specifically when I'm on the road. Somebody gets away with something, and I'm like, there's times I'm like, Lord, just bring a police officer, please, to pull them over. (laughs) They deserve a ticket right now. (laughs) We want people to pay for their sins, right? We want people to pay for the things that they do wrong. But... We don't want to pay for it ourselves when we're deserving of it. Listen up, guys. We don't want to give a single bit of grace to others. But we want all the grace in the world when we slip up. Right? Now, here's why Jonah did not like the Assyrian Empire. Here's why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. The Assyrians were notorious. This is stuff that I found online. They were notorious for amputating hands and feet, gouging eyes, and skinning people and impaling their captives. Nineveh was the capital. (laughs) Here's some more. And I found this from Blue Letter Bible. This is a commentary that somebody shared on there. It says, Jonah had good reason to hate the Ninevites. The Assyrians were a barbarous nation. Now, we don't know exactly how bad all of them were because we weren't there, right? We have written accounts of certain situations and geological finds that were, archaeological finds that were made. One of the many things that were noted for, this is what the Assyrians were noted for, was taking a prisoner and burying them in the desert up to their neck in the sand, and they would place a leather band through their tongue, pull it tight, stretch it out so the man could not swallow and leave him until the sun killed him. Horrible way to die. It's not just dying of dehydration. It's painfully just agony dying of dehydration. Can you imagine that? Buried in the sand, somebody pierces your tongue, pulls it tight, and then leaves you. You would hope that some creature in the desert would just decide to eat you. Because it would be that bad, right? It is said that most would go mad before they actually died. (laughs) The Assyrian armies traveled with their families and were described as a plague of locusts. That's how this empire was described. As they descended upon a city, history has it that entire cities would commit mass suicide rather than go under captivity to the Assyrians. They would say, the Assyrians are coming, we're killing ourselves. Because I do not want to deal with possibly losing. Isn't that awful? Assyria had made several attacks upon Israel, and it was very possible that Jonah had experienced some of the brutality firsthand. And we don't have an actual written account that he did, but there's a good possibility that he did. But either way, he knew about the atrocities that the Assyrian Empire did. And one innate quality of a lot of Jewish people back then was 
a sense of justice. They wanted justice when things were done wrong. They wanted justice to be brought. Justice to become, come down on the people that did the wrong. And when somebody did wrong, they wanted the hammer to come down on them. It was standard operating procedure for the Assyrians to kill all the men and children and rape and take ta- captive all the women of the city. That's what they did. So can you understand a little bit why Jonah was like, God, are you going to like really punish them? Because I hope you do. <laughs> he wanted to go share this message of God's destruction out of hope that they would be destroyed. But knowing full well, if they did repent, if they asked for God's forgiveness, he knew they wouldn't get it. They wouldn't get the punishment. They would get his forgiveness. And it infuriated Jonah. Jonah wanted nothing to do with that. He's like, nope, I know you're going to relent if they ask for forgiveness. It just made him so, so mad. He wanted fire to rain down on them just like it did to Sodom. But God decided otherwise. And here's the thing, I know I don't always obey God perfectly. I most certainly would like grace when I get in a position where I need it. But like I said, there's times where something happens to me, I don't want grace for the person that did it to me. And I'm sure some of you guys can relate. We don't want people to get grace when they deserve it or when they don't deserve it. We want them to get justice, right? We don't want others to receive grace, and especially when we're the result of the wickedness that they're doing. When the wickedness is directed towards us, we really don't want to do anything with it. But here's the thing. We become blinded by our pain and we refuse to show compassion to people, knowing full well we're not deserving of God's compassion ourselves. TJ, listen. I want you guys to look at yourself, say, I don't deserve compassion. (laughs) This, this is the truth that Jonah himself wasn't grasping. Because here's the thing, Jonah was a prophet of the nation of Israel. And if you go read 1st and 2nd Kings, you can see firsthand that they were not deserving of God's compassion either. You read from Genesis all the way to when Jonah comes on the scene in 2 Kings chapter 14. That's when he shows up as a prophet in the nation of Israel. If you read from Genesis to there, you see the nation of Israel screwing up royally often. (laughs) They were not deserving of God's compassion either. But what? God gave it. He gives it anyways. Yes, compassion. Psalm 103, verse 10 through 11, it says, in this, this is a psalm, and I believe it's written by David. It's a safe guess. (laughs) It says, he does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens 
above the earth. Good to know. The nation of Israel was guilty of child sacrifices. They did them. One of the kings was, was guilty of it. They were guilty of idol worship on more than one occasion, which was like, it was like the first commandment. No other guys before me. It was a pretty easy one to remember, but they kept forgetting it. They worship idols on multiple occasions. They committed murder, rape, oppressed people. They were guilty too. They were not deserving of God's love and his forgiveness. And Jonah, for some reason, seems to forget that. All of us have been wronged. But here's the thing. All of us have wronged the Lord in such a way that we do not deserve forgiveness. We do not deserve his compassion. Every one of us has wronged God. A lot. Yet he shows mercy to us over and over and over again. Jonah was being taught a lesson by, by God that we all need to learn. God's way of dealing with evil is not ours. God's way of dealing with evil is not our way. And it makes us upset sometimes. It's not in your hands, though. And when it is in your hands... How well do you actually handle it? <laughs> we, we don't do a good job. We all have a Nineveh in our life that we want God to deal punishment out on. <laughs> we do. Every one of us has somebody in our life we're like, man, I just really wish God would do what he threatens. <laughs> right? And here's the thing, he's rightly allowed to do so, but we need God's heart for those people, which is the same heart that he has for us. It's a heart of love. We need God's compassion to fill our hearts because his compassion has filled our lives abundantly. His compassion has never left us. Isaiah 54, this is the chapter before the one I read at the beginning, Verse 10, it says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. The question I have for you is, who is your Nineveh? Who is your Nineveh that you're thinking of? <laughs> oh, hey, you got to show compassion to him, right? We all have one. But here's the thing. If we all have one, that means you are one to somebody. <laughs> Everyone looked at somebody and said, you're an end of a two. <laughs> Don't let your pain of people wronging you, listen up. Don't let the pain of people wronging you blind you from having compassion towards people that don't deserve it. Because you don't deserve it either. <laughs> Ask God for his heart of compassion. Ask God for his thoughts and his ways to rule your heart. And hear how God ends the conversation with Jonah. In Jonah 4, this is where God interjects into the conversation. After Jonah complains, God, you're so good. Oh, why? 
you just are the worst. I mean, the best, but the worst. <laughs> God springs up a plant for Jonah as he's complaining on this cliffside. And this is what's amazing to me is he brings up this plant of compassion towards him because he's complaining because it's so hot in this desert that people get buried in <laughs> to die. <laughs> God springs up a plant to give Jonah shade because he's complaining about the heat. He's uncomfortable in the sun, waiting for fire to come down on Nineveh. The plant grows and dies all in a day. Grows up in a day and dies in a day. So Jonah gets super dramatic about it. <laughs> it's guys, it's so funny. <coughs> So Jonah chapter 4, verse 9 through 11, says, Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. <laughs> this is so dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I know, it sounds like my own kids. <laughs> yes. I've pretty much asked her similar questions. You have a right to be mad right now? Yes, me. He says, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plants. Listen, CJ. The Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. Guys, he didn't even plant the thing. It just, boom, just happened. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people. I think that's bigger than any of the biggest cities in Montana, I think. How big is Billings? It is more, I mean, this is more than 100. This is 120. So is it more than 120,000? All around 200. Either way, it's bigger than, it's bigger than Butte by a long shot. <laughs> really? 117, huh? Really? In Billings? So that's like the city of Billings, which to you guys are like, I hate big cities. And, and Billings is the name that often people, I've said, I'm going to Billings. You're like, why are you going to Billings? It's such a big city. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, there was a city literally like four, 5,000 years ago that was as big as it. That's incredible. Right? It says, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? So God's saying, here's the way I'll explain the last part. Sure, they don't deserve my mercy, but don't you think at least the cattle there do? What have they done wrong? <laughs> what have the bunnies done? <laughs> What have the dogs done? What have the cats done there? They're at least innocent, right? Yet you want me to rain fire on them. What about all the sheep? What about this? What about that, right? Here's the thing. We often don't think of people walking in spiritual darkness. We just think of people wronging us. Guys, listen up. 
We don't think about how people are watch, walking in spiritual darkness. Some translations say they don't even know what their left hand is doing from their right. It's this idea of they're so blind to their wickedness and that it's terrible. Yet when they become aware of it, they actually change. Shouldn't I have compassion? <laughs> because you're not deserving of it either. We often see people doing wrong, and instead of thinking of them as blind, walking in darkness, and we should pray for them, and reach out a hand to them, we just get mad. We just get angry, and we want fire to come down on them. There are certain temperaments that struggle with this more than others. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> uh, share with it, share with it in group after, okay? No, right now. I'm almost done. I'm right at the end. God is having this conversation with Jonah. And here's the thing. This is where the story of Jonah ends. It ends right here at a cliffhanger. Ironically, with him on a cliffside. <laughs> but I love how the story ends because it's giving us a picture of Jonah's failure and saying, if you're guilty of it, what are you going to do? Because your story's not done yet. What are you going to do with your story? <coughs> Excuse me. I got this dryness in my throat still from the sickness. You guys have chances every day to extend compassion to a Nineveh in your life. There are people in your life that you don't want to have compassion towards. And maybe rightly so. Maybe they're not deserving of it. But neither are you. Right? <coughs> and if you do believe you're deserving of it, then you're a bigger fool than they are. Thank you. I think I just need a cough drop or something. So I've got questions for you guys. Leaders, I'll just have you come up here and then I'll pray. <coughs> they can come up here. Like the prayer team comes up here on a Sunday, right? I want you guys to think. Think about your life, okay? Think about the people in your life, the people that come to mind where you're like, I really don't like them. <laughs> I really want God to just bring the hammer down on them. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Listen up, guys. I want you guys, and if you have a hard time thinking of people, I'll name a few for you. Politically speaking, there's Republican and Democrat. There's people that have a hard time thinking compassionately about the other side. All you got to do is go on social media to see it. Right? It might be teachers. Maybe you guys have a teacher that you really struggle with. Maybe you have a sibling that you really struggle with. 
Hey, listen up. I'm not praying right now. John, you're supposed to go up there. I said leaders come up front. They're telling you what to do because I did. Listen. Hey, 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 hey. So I'll read these two questions to you guys, and I want you guys to be thinking about these while I pray, okay? I want you guys to be thinking about these. How has God shown compassion to you when you didn't deserve it? <laughs> That's an easy one to start with if you struggle. <laughs> But here's the thing, you're not going to be able to think of compassion to others and how God has compassion for them when they don't deserve it when you don't think about how God's had compassion for you when you don't deserve it. You're going to struggle to think of ways to be compassionate towards people that you don't want to be if you're not thinking about how you didn't deserve it yourself. Okay? So question number one, how has God showed you compassion when you didn't deserve it? And question two, who is your Nineveh that God wants you to show compassion toward? And if you're thinking of a name or a person or something, it's probably that one. <laughs> I'm going to pray because my voice needs a break. <laughs> God, we thank you for your compassion. God, we thank you for the story of Jonah for us to learn from. God, it is just such a good story. It's the story of your love, the story of your goodness, and how your truth that's found throughout Scripture just comes to light in such a short book. And God, I pray that we would allow our story to go in the right direction from that cliffside, knowing that, that we didn't see the end of the story for Jonah. We don't know what he ends up doing. We don't know if he repents. We don't know what he ends up doing in the end. But God, I pray that we would take the chance to have compassion to people that we don't want to, that don't deserve it, because that's really the honest truth of it. There are people out there that do not deserve our compassion. But we're one of the same. God, I pray that we would remember your goodness and your compassion to us. And that you would remind us that the people, there are people in this world that are walking in spiritual darkness and they need somebody to bring light to them. It says in your word that we're the light of the world. That we would be the light that comes into the spiritual darkness in their life. It brings change. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right.